0: You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
1: team every day.
0: Ofer in Omaha, a disappointing end to an incredible season for Tennessee baseball. So many accomplishments. You are the SEC East champions, a 50-win season, three wins in Hoover, a national coach of the year. Hosting a regional, hosting a super regional, and of course, a trip to the College World Series for the first time since 2005. Disappointing ending. Incredible season. That is our show here today on Locked On Balls. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Welcome into it, guys. Appreciate you hanging out with me today. And a quick reminder, let's pay the bills here. Join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sekema and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis on the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Going to recap, what was Tennessee's fall to Texas, 8-4 to four in the College World Series? That's coming up here in segment number one. We will touch base with Josh Ward in segment two for Ward Wednesday, and we'll talk a little Caden Salter in segment number three. We'll talk more Tennessee baseball on Friday's show and, and maybe get some guests on next week to kind of recap exactly what was this Tennessee baseball team. It was a good one. And, of course, the uh, developing story of Tony Vitello, his impending contract from, uh, fingers crossed, the University of Tennessee, but, of course, the pursuit from LSU. So, guys, what did you think? Obviously, some disappointments. 8-4 to four the final. Tennessee goes 0-2 in Omaha and heads home. But, again, as I mentioned earlier in the uh, in the open, Tennessee's first trip to the College World Series in since 2005. Uh, So many different accomplishments this year for the first time since the first time since the first time since, and you're finally seeing this program has arrived on a national stage after the you know four four year long rebuild. Now you're going to lose some players, but it's up for Tony Vitello, who I believe will be the coach here at Tennessee moving forward. It's up for Tony Vitello to sustain that success that she brought to Lindsey Nelson Stadium, the SEC, and college baseball uh, here in the season of 2021. Eight to four, the final. The number two seed Texas outs the number three seed Tennessee. Eight to four And what was an elimination game for this side of the bracket. Let's run through uh, kind of the game recap. And if you guys watched the game or listened to the game on the Ball Radio Network, heard in Knoxville and the Sports Animal, you guys knew that after the bottom of the fourth inning, and that's kind of kind of all she wrote. That was the changing point of the game. It was never the same after that. But let's go back and and let's look at Tennessee baseball again. You're going to see some of the same struggles that the Volunteers had on Sunday, and a big reason why Tennessee is going home early. Tennessee jumped out in front in the second inning, a 2 to nothing. The to score. Drew Gilbert let out that inning with a single. Uh, Luke Lipschitz walked, and then there was runners on the corner with only one out. Jordan Beck smacked an RBI double down the left field line, and then Pete Gay hit an RBI ground out to make the score 2 to nothing. Well, Texas countered in the bottom half of inning number two. Blake Tidwell gave up a leadoff walk, a single to start that inning, uh, Eric Kennedy hit a two out, three run home run, one swing, three runs, and Texas took the lead for the first time in the bottom of the second inning, three to two. So you had Tennessee bouncing back in a way. No, you had Texas uh, adding on another run, excuse me, in the bottom of the third. Uh, you had uh, Texas, an RBI ground out, excuse me, an RBI ground out to make the score four to two. Then you saw Tennessee tie the ball game in the top of the fourth inning, four to four. So Tennessee had Jordan Beck walk, Peter Case single to put runners on the corners with only one out. Connor Pavloni hit an RBI single to make it four to three. Liam Spence then hit an RBI single to make it four to four, and that pulled Tristan Stevens from the game. First time all year long that Tristan Stevens, the Texas starter, was pulled from the game before the sixth inning. So his final line read three in the th- three innings and a third, four on runs, six hits. Uh, strike out three walks on 58 pitches. And then in the bottom of the fourth, this is where things got hairy. All right, You watch the game, you listen, but just as a recap, Sean Hundley came in to relieve Tidwell. Tidwell only went three innings, and Texas got three runs off Hundley. So the biggest blow came with two strikes and two outs. You had Silas Ardoin hit a, a two-run single to make it 6-4. to four. There was a play at the plate on the second run that scored. In real time, in my opinion, I tweeted this out at underscore Caner. It looked to be safe. It really, really did. But then when you watch the replay, you freeze frame and all that type of stuff, he was clearly out. Clearly out. I still thought it was going to be tough to overturn because, again, you have to have indisputable evidence and all that. But but what more do you want? Surely the umpiring crew had better angles and had more angles than what we saw on, on, on the ESPNU broadcast. And we could clearly see that the tag was applied before the, the lead foot hit the bag. Nonetheless, you could have gotten out of the inning trailing five to four, but an RBI single later made it seven to four, and so Tennessee exited that inning falling behind seven to four to Texas. From there, uh, a run was added on in the seventh inning on a wild pitch. It was not the best day for Connor Pavloni, Um, but during that fourth inning, again, that was the that was the turning point, the the, the bomb of the fourth inning, whenever Texas scored three runs off Tennessee. The controversial play at the plate, okay, and you had an umpire that acted like a complete clown. Let me just say this too: you guys know my stance on referees, on on umpires. I know a lot. I know some officials that that you know ref games in the ACC and SEC for we're talking fifteen plus years. They are consultants for me, and they're they're close family friends. I think umpires and officials have the hardest job in America because a lot of times you're just never right. However, one thing we can all agree on, you never make it about yourself. You never want to make it about yourself. And at the stage in the College World Series in Omaha, why make it about yourself? You already had you know, umpires warning both starting pitchers. You had umpires warning both head coaches. You had umpires warning both benches. Why? Just stop chirping. I, the, um, the home plate umpire got on my damn nerves all game long. Stop chirping. Yes, I know there's a crowd mic right next to him. But goodness gracious just shut up. And when you have Ross Kivitz who slams you know his hand on the on the railing there in the dugout because a play did not go Tennessee's way and you have a clown of a third base umpire sprinting sprinting down the third base line to toss Tennessee's volunteer assistant coach what a clown show. What an absolute clown show and that crew and that umpire Needs to be formally reprimanded by the NCAA. Is that the reason Tennessee lost this game? No. Tennessee lost this game because again, it failed to do what it didn't do on Sunday. Runners in scoring position. Tennessee had the bases loaded with no outs in that ball game and squandered it away. Tennessee was officially four for nine with runners in scoring position, which is not horrible, but remember, bases loaded, no outs. That's a big reason why. That's that that accounts for three of the three of the nine runs that you know we're, we're left on or three of those uh, nine runs that had the opportunities. You know you you, you hit, hit a double in the gap, you clear the bases. You you hit a single, you drive one in. You hit a home run, you send them all in. Tennessee squandered opportunities with runners in scoring position. Tennessee four for nine with runners in scoring position on Monday, on, uh, on on Tuesday with runners on. Tennessee was five for fifteen with two outs. Tennessee was one for nine. Look at Texas on the other end, runners in scoring position. Texas was 3 of 8, but that 3-run home run really did help. With runners on, Texas with 5 of 14. With 2 outs, Texas with 4 of 12. Not a whole lot of difference there. You just had a couple of big plays where Texas jumped out in front, a 3-run home run, and then a 2-run single where Texas stole another run back from Tennessee on a controversial play. Is umpiring the reason Tennessee lost this game? Again, I I can't stress this enough. Absolutely not. Tennessee squandered away opportunities, on the mound and at the plate all Omaha long, <laughs> if that makes sense. So again, disappointments, That's that's how we're feeling right now. It's a disappointing end to a season of a lot of first time sense. What Tony Vitello has done with this baseball team, what this team has done, brought in the the daddy hats, the the camaraderie. Um, you know, a lot of new baseball fans. A, you know, certainly in Knoxville, Tennessee, across this region, the state, and probably around the country, by watching Tennessee baseball this year, it was a fun, fun, fun ride. But ultimately, on the game, on the game's biggest stage at this level, the College World Series, every team is elite. You're there for a reason. You're hot at the right time. Texas, in my opinion, is the best team in this field. Vanderbilt's got the best one-two punch, but Texas top the to bottom and the best. If Texas makes it out of this bracket. Whoever plays on the other side, whether it's NC State, Vanderbilt, whoever it is, Texas has the best one-two-three combo in terms of starting pitching. It's got a great bullpen and a pretty solid lineup. So I think Texas is dangerous. I said this, I said it a Tuesday morning before the game uh, on uh, on the starting lineup on, on these sports animals. So uh, nonetheless, I uh, I wanted to get my my jabs in to the third base umpire. It was a complete a complete clown show. Just a complete clown show. He needs to be publicly reprimanded. But that is not the reason why Tennessee lost the game. Tennessee lost the game because Texas, the better team, the better team took advantage of opportunities where Tennessee did not. But again, I can't stress this enough once more. What a fun ride for Tony Vitello and this club. We will talk more baseball on Friday's show and on next week's shows. We're not done kind of squeezing this orange and getting more and more layers out of it. Again, I mentioned Tony Vitello's impending contract with the University of Tennessee. Potentially, we kind of know what it looks like right now. Nothing's been agreed upon, but LSU continues to pursue Tony Vitello. So a lot to watch there. We will have Josh Ward coming up in segment number two. Some more disciplinary actions are going to be taken to freshman quarterback Caden Salter. Will he be on this roster come fall? We'll talk to Josh Ward about that and get his opinions. But first, I want to remind you guys about made-in products. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short answer, they have access to the right kitchen tools. With made-ins, professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone's capable of making restaurant-quality food right at home if you're serious about cooking and you should invest in these kitchen tools right now maiden's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs and you can be one of those best chefs too again right from your home kitchen if quality and craftsmanship are important to you you should check out Made-in. made in. maiden in is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans of product of 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 produce (laughs) some of the world's best pots, pans, knives, and wine glasses. Maiden produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Without the markup, again. And so right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. And you can get right here on Locked On Balls. So go to maidencookware.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. That's maidencookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. Maiden Cookware. Make magic in the kitchen. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Back at it again here for a Ward Wednesday. Here on Locked On Vault's Glad to have Josh Ward at Josh underscore Ward, the Sports Animal, Sports 180, and former host here of the Locked On Vols podcast. Josh, what's good, my brother?
1: Yeah, good to be back, Con. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so uh, a lot of things going on here on the Hill, but let's start on the football front. Some more trouble uh, in paradise for a uh, freshman quarterback, uh, Caden Salter, um, another run in with the police being charged with a misdemeanor of possession. Uh, what do you make of that whole situation that happened over the weekend and that was reported uh, late Monday evening?
1: Well, it's really a shame. And we talked during the spring about Caden Salter's situation as he was away from the team. And it was obviously a setback for somebody who had hoped to come in in the spring and compete to be the starter. Whether he was going to have a real opportunity or not, we were going to find out on the field. And then that was taken away by the mistake that he made. And then he was able to work his way back onto the team to begin the summer. And now this happens and you have to ask a number of questions. What does this mean uh, with his status with the team? How does the coaching staff view this? How does the university view this situation? Because he already had to uh, go through his previous situation. Now you have another incident and it doesn't look good for Caden Salter. And then from a football standpoint, he, he plays quarterback and to play that position and to show this kind of decision-making away from the field, it will bring into question his leadership and his ability to be what Tennessee will need him to be at that position. And that, again, is asking those questions, not even knowing his status with university. So his future at Tennessee is very much in doubt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think there's it's developing, of course. We're not going to have an answer to the situation on Thursday or Friday of this week, in my opinion. But um, am I wrong to believe that this is everything I'm hearing and everything that I've read into this It looks like this is in the university's hands first and foremost. He is on probation from the university from the incident in March. He was stopped by campus police on Cumberland Avenue. Um, You know, you had Martavis French and Isaac Washington that left via the transfer portal because they were facing a one-year suspension from the school. If that is the case for Caden Salter, potentially, it looks like Josh Heupel might not even have to make a decision that it, it would be out of his hands to begin with.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely the case, and I have to sit here and wonder: Is Tennessee the best place for him? It's not the best start. I think that's fair to say. Six months into his time as a college student, and um, I have to wonder: Is his family thinking? You yeah, know, I don't know that Knoxville's working out for Caden, and we could go through the reasons why this has happened. And obviously, his decision making does not appear to be very good at all to this point. Uh, again, with what he's done off the field, so uh, it starts with the university. If the university says that he can't be a student this fall or for the next academic year and he would have to be away, my guess is that Caden would decide, okay, I'm going to see if I can go start my career up somewhere else. And I don't think he's playing college football this fall, whether he's a Tennessee football player or somewhere else. So for Caden, maybe it ends up that he decides or Tennessee decides for him, it's time to go look somewhere else. It's a shame. He still is just a college freshman. He's entering his freshman year. He's still young and still has plenty of time to turn things around. I don't think anything changes with his football talent, but he has to make better decisions to have a chance to show what he can be, especially at that position. He's not a wide receiver. He's not an outside linebacker. He's a quarterback. And with that position comes a greater level of responsibility and pressure. And you're also playing for one spot so uh, if I'm Josh Heupel, I don't have a lot of trust in Caden Salter. And if the university doesn't, then uh, we're going to be talking about former Tennessee quarterback Caden Salter before he ever actually became one.
0: Or maybe even had a, a single practice with his with his new team. And, and something I agree with you there, you said it, and it's something I, I made a point on the starting lineup uh, Tuesday morning, was when you look at Caden Salter, Knoxville might not be the best place for him. And that's nothing against Knoxville, but when you have – a rookie in the NFL getting all of this freedom. That's why you see some rookies just don't know how to handle it. The same with freshmen. You're out of you're out of the house with your mom and pops. You're out of a structured school system. You can sleep in and choose not to go to class. You can stay out late, whatever the case may be. And uh, a guy that should have been in high school the second semester of his senior year here a couple months ago. So uh, Knoxville just might not be the right environment for him. So ultimately, we will, we will have to see. Josh, what does this mean for the quarterback room? Say Caden Salter, when it's all said and done, is not a part of the mix moving forward. Does Tennessee look to bring in two quarterbacks for the class of 2022? There's certainly options there. You got Bailey, you got Maurer, you got Milton, you got Hooker. Uh, What does Tennessee do with the quarterback position? I don't think it's anything pressing right now, but it's ultimately uh, maybe look at bringing another one in a future class.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know that it changes that much in my opinion of what Tennessee should do. I think Tennessee should look for a second quarterback in the recruiting class, or there can always be the transfer option. That will always be available to bring in a second player. Uh, if you're looking ahead to 2022, I think Tennessee should make plans to do that anyway because the quarterback room as it stands right now, we expect to um, have a smaller number, and that that could be, maybe probably is with Caden Salter, uh, but uh, one of the veteran quarterbacks could decide to move on even before the start of the season begins, and certainly by the end of it, you would expect more attrition, and we'll see how the competition plays out, but uh, I think you always need to be looking for help at that position and having Kay, uh, Taven Jack and in the class already for 2022 is really helpful. And he's a guy that will come in, and depending on what happens at quarterback this year, maybe you have a starter returning in 2022. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's still up in the air and he comes in and competes. But if I'm Josh Heupel, I'm trying to find a second guy, but I'm leaving all the options open. If I find a, a high school prospect that I really believe can be a good quarterback in the SEC, then I would try to add him to the roster. If not, I would look at the transfer route because that's going to be there at all times, whether you're looking in the summer months potentially or uh, certainly at the end of the year when you get to December and guys are going to decide, okay, it's time to make a move quickly, that's when you maybe look to add a second quarterback to join Taven Jackson, maybe a, a, an older or a more experienced quarterback that could come in to even compete right away.
0: Josh Ward, Sports 180, the sports animal. Uh, two more and I'll get you out the door. The passenger that was sitting up front with, uh, obviously, Caden Salter when he was stopped at around 3 o'clock in the morning Saturday I guess Sunday morning, actually, on, on Cumberland Avenue. Amari McNeil, a signee, not officially on the roster right now, arrived in June for some workouts. Um, he is from Suwanee, Georgia, uh, an offensive lineman looking to play defensive line. Um, we'll have to see again as this whole thing plays out. I would I would expect there to be some discipline in action for Amari um, McNeil as well, but we continue to look at that 2020 signing class. No Katron Evans, no Isaac Washington. Dylan Brooks was an edge outside linebacker, but he's gone. Now Amari McNeil facing some some issues as well. That, that position group just not going well for this last uh, recruiting cycle.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about vital area to recruit in 2022, that would be finding some defensive linemen to come in and help because I've already expressed to you how concerned I am uh, with where things are from 2021 uh, looking ahead and just where the overall depth is beyond this upcoming season. Tennessee is aided by guys who are able to come back for this upcoming year, but that's just a one-year conversation. It does help that Deshaun Derry came in, and what I liked about him as much as his ability and his potential is his eligibility that remains coming in as a transfer from Kansas. So you have more years with him, but you also you need more players, and he's still a guy that we're going to see how he performs uh, given more of an opportunity at Tennessee and in the SEC. So uh, we can talk about quarterback play, which is vital, and I think that's the number one topic. And we can talk about the offense needing to improve, which I think everybody agrees with. And uh, the, the conversation around defense has changed, but everybody in the league agrees you have to have big guys up front. You need really good players up front on defense. That also is why Alabama, Georgia, uh, LSU, Florida, Auburn, why they have been as good as they have been, because they have those guys up front and, Tennessee, especially looking into the future, doesn't have a lot, and they, they don't really have any any proven guys. There's nobody to point to right now to say, yeah, I think he's an all-SEC guy. Tennessee needs that if it's going to get back to a championship level. You need bodies, and you need able bodies.
0: You brought up Deshaun Terry. He is a guy that has a little bit of a buzz around him since arriving on campus in June. Good work ethic, losing some weights, and I love the eligibility factor there as well. Flipping the script here, last question. We'll get you out here. Tony Vitello moving forward is it is it fair to say I, I at this point I don't believe Tony Vitello is leaving Tennessee I haven't believed that he is leaving Tennessee we'll have to see how it plays out is it fair to say though Tennessee fans should continue to hold their breath until LSU makes a hire you know Ole Miss went ahead and rehabbed their coach a couple of days ago until LSU finds a coach I don't think Tony Vitello is safe is that fair to say.
1: Right. Uh, as as long as that job is open, then you you wait to see exactly what will happen. Uh, I, I don't think Tennessee fans should be fearful or um, anything like that. I also don't think that Tennessee fans should just absolutely assume 100% that there's no way that he leaves Tennessee. I think the expectation is that Tony Vitello is going to be Tennessee's coach beyond this year, and I think that he really believes that he is building something that can be sustainable in Knoxville. The LSU job is different. It's one It's one of the best. Some would argue it's the best college baseball job in America. Nobody's making that argument for Tennessee. And on the outside, people will look in and say, hey, if Tony Vitello gets the LSU offer, then he would have to take it. That would be an outside opinion. I'm assuming it's not a Tennessee opinion. Uh, any fans uh, should have that opinion. But uh, I, I think he'll be Tennessee's baseball coach next year. I think he wants to – Build something, and he'll be well compensated. I think Tennessee is prepared and has been prepared to give him money. It's a matter of uh, waiting for everything to come to an end this year, and then get him that. But uh, Tennessee fans have been through this, and a lot of this just—it's—it's it's the football carryover. It's the Lane Kiffin situation. It's—it's it's buying in, and then feeling like that rug got pulled, and they don't want that to happen again with Tony Vitello. And that emotion, I totally understand.
0: Josh, War, great stuff, man. We'll talk with you again next Wednesday for another Word Wednesday.
1: You got it. Thanks, Eric.
0: As always, appreciate Josh Ward for hanging out, and I've said it before, you know, former host of this podcast, Bill Barr sends out some, uh, some new flavors to the host throughout the Locked On Podcast Network, and I've yet to receive my box. Josh Ward is continuing to, you know, hoard my box, and he will not let me have it. That's how good these Bill Bars are. Josh just doesn't want to give them up, and and you shouldn't either, with nine delicious flavors plus those limited-time flavors, you know, from coconut, ranging down to salted caramel peanut butter, brownie, cherry, raspberry, and all in between. There's there's something for everybody. There's something for you, for me, uh, one of my buddies. You know, I, I reference him a lot of times when talking about Bill Bars because it seemingly he sends me a Snapchat uh, whenever he gets a new box in or whenever he's trying out a new flavor. My buddy Mark, he just got about six new boxes in, just stacked up there in his kitchen, and he's ready to roll each morning, every time after a workout. That could be you as well. It is such a great pick-me-up. It is a protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar, 100% chocolate, Full of protein, low in carbs and net carbs and sugar. It's it's really the total package. Go ahead and order yours today, BillBar.com. And if you're a first-time user, Lock 15, 15% off on your first order at BillBar.com. If you've been hesitant, been on the fence, don't be anymore. Go ahead and try it out today. You want a little late on a Father's Day gift? Well, it's in the rearview mirror, but your dad would love a little Bill Bar. The father figure in your life would love a box of Bill Bars. Again, BillBar.com, Lock 15, for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. Segment three of a Wednesday show. It'll be shorter and sweeter here on Locked On Valls. I'm your host, Eric Kane at Locked On Valls on Twitter and at underscore Kaner on Twitter. This uh, podcast available three days a week during the months of June and July, and you can find ample listening opportunities in the bio by hitting that link tree uh, link in the bios at, un- at underscore kaner and at Locked On Vols. And I appreciate you guys for coming back and um, looking forward to getting back to five days a week whenever football ramps up. All right, so Josh and I spoke uh, briefly on this in segment number two, but more trouble for Caden Salter, Tennessee's 2021 quarterback signee. He, along with fellow 2021 defensive line signee Amari McNeil, are facing misdemeanor charges that include simple possession after being stopped in a vehicle early Saturday morning on Cumberland Avenue Strip by the University of Tennessee Police Department. WBR was first to break this story. Again, this is troubling because, as we know, and we pointed out in segment number two, Caden Salter, this is now his second run-in with uh, some legal issues since being at Tennessee. And he arrived uh, kind of later in January because he was an early enrollee, but he was late getting on campus because his high school playoffs took place at the, at the beginning of the new year. And so it was actually towards the end of January when this uh, when he arrived on campus, and He spent a couple months suspended from the team, was officially reinstated to the team. He was around the team a little bit during spring, but he, he, along with Aaron Willis, officially reinstated to the team at the beginning of June. So this is is not good. Again, more on the situation. Uh, You had... Four grams of marijuana, which Caden Salter uh, went ahead and told the police officer that was in the car. But he actually asked McNeil, who was in the passenger seat, to throw it out of the vehicle, throw it out of the window. While they, when they saw they were being pulled over, the cops saw it. That wasn't good. Outside of that, he got stopped uh, because uh, he didn't have his registration displayed correctly. I think he had one of those, kind of one of those name plates over maybe the the county where where it is on the license plate. If you know what I'm saying, that's kind of why he got pulled over. But he also didn't have a license. Um, he violated a light law. Maybe that was why he actually got pulled over, but, uh, he got a a couple of, uh, you know, little minor things. But the big thing is, uh, he, along with Amari McNeil had four grams of marijuana on them and they're being charged with a misdemeanor of simple possession. So the question now is also this took place at 3 a.m. Um, you know, as, as Ted Mosby's mom would say on how I met your mother, nothing good happens at 2 a.m. After 2 a.m. Just nothing good. (laughs) um. Yeah, we talked at ad nauseum about this uh, on the starting lineup. Me and Will at Tuesday morning, and here's the thing: I'm, I'm never, I'm never one to to say get rid of the kid, get rid of the kid, get rid of the kid. You want to, you want to save the kid. Um, do I think what happened over the weekend is the worst thing in the world? Absolutely not. You have a stance on marijuana. I have a stance on marijuana. I've never been about it. Not my thing. If you are, it's all good in my opinion because it's legal in a couple of states. But. The thing of it is, is here in the state of Tennessee, it is not legal. It might be in three years, but it's not now. It's not legal. And when you were on probation from the university to begin with, hot water with the with the football program that you're brand new to, to a brand new coach who didn't sign you, you can't be putting yourself in these types of situations. I have talked to Caden Salter several times throughout the recruiting process. I don't know Caden Salter, but I've spoken to him in a reporter- prospect type relationship he's well-spoken he's kind he's courteous I can tell he's been brought up the right way he's got a good family but sometimes kids are just dumb I was stupid as stupid as crap when I was his age okay um I just was and it took a lot of getting in trouble and learning and growing and and trying to turn into a better person Uh, this is not the end of the world what happened on over the weekend now in my opinion what happened back in March is a much bigger ordeal. However, again, this is the second time in the span of, what, five months that he's been in legal trouble. So what do you do with Caden Salter if you are Josh Heupel? Likely, from what I understand and from what I've been hearing a little bit, you know, Salter's likely to face some, some punishment from the university more so than anything. Again, he's on probation. He was stopped by University of Tennessee police, okay? Why... Martavis French and why Isaac Washington essentially left the football team via the transfer portal, they were likely facing a year-long suspension from the university for their roles in the dormitory incident back in March. Okay, So if Caden Salter, I'm not saying it, it, it. this is what it will be, but if that were to be the same punishment, he might follow suit and just go ahead and leave and look for a fresh start somewhere else. My opinion on all this is... For for reasons that I don't understand, it looks like Knoxville is not a good place for Caden Salter right now. A lot of times, rookies, when you get to the National Football League, you have, so, you have money and you have freedom and you can't take it. Well, on a much smaller scale, when you leave high school and you get to college, you're not living with mom and dad anymore. You don't have a bedtime anymore. You're not waking up to go to class at 7.30 every single morning anymore. You can sleep through class if you want to. You want Taco Bell at midnight? Go ahead. You want to go to the bar on Friday night? Go to the bar on Friday night. Mommy and Daddy aren't there to tell you no. And a lot of freshmen struggle with this immaturity at first. I I think that's what Caden Salter is right now. I think that's what he's dealing with. So I I think a new scenery would be good for him. I think a fresh start somewhere else would be good for him. Am I saying Josh Heibel should kick him off? I'm not a coach, all right? But if I was the coach, I would maybe explore and talk with him about maybe getting a fresh start somewhere else. If he's adamant on staying at the University of Tennessee, and I can truly see that he is a good kid, again, I don't know Kaden Salter. If I can truly see that he is a good kid, and he's repenting and just saying, "I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I keep messing up." You know, Will West said on the on the show, the starting lineup on these Sports Animal Tuesday morning, um, he would just break him. You know, just just make him make him run for a year. You know, do whatever it takes. Have a checklist, kind of like what Juwan Jennings had to do to get back on the team. Just you know, see if you can break him. If he survives, let him back on the team whenever the punishments are over—a year, a season, whatever it is. I don't know, but I think a change of scenery would be good for Caden Salzer. I think for him, and I think for Tennessee football. So it's unfortunate, is what happened over the weekend, Saturday, the end of the world. It's really not, but again, it's the it's the uh, compilation of things that have happened in a short amount of time. Uh, real quick, as far as uh, Amari McNeil um I, I look i mean this is his first defense obviously he just got to school in in june i, I would assume the punishment will be likely a, a suspending from the team indefinitely and then kind of working his way back as well um that's my assumption but again you look like we talked with josh that defensive line unit for the class of 2021 man it is you know, one by one out of here out of here out of here and then now we await the uh the, the um you know the disciplinary actions for amari mcneil not a good sign. I hope the best for Caden Salter. I hope the best for he and his family. They've gone through so much the last couple of months. Um, from what I can see, I think Caden Salter's brought up the right way. I just think he's made some, some dumb mistakes. And again, I'll be the first one to tell you, I made stupid mistakes when I was that age as well. So we will have to see this as obviously a developing story. All right, so that is a Wednesday show. Tennessee falls to Texas, the number two national seed, eight to four, goes over in the College World Series in Omaha. First time back in Omaha for the first time since two thousand five. What a brilliant season for Tony Vitello! Now, it's disappointment. I know it's 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 unsettling being away from Omaha, and the college baseball season is done after such a magical and fun season. But now all eyes are to Tony Vitello and Danny White. Can Danny White lock him up? Can you get that facility upgrades, the commitment there? Can you hold off LSU? We will have to see. Obviously, a lot to talk about in Tennessee baseball, even though the season is over. Guys, we're all done here on Locked On Balls, and now I encourage you to check out the Locked On Today podcast. What do the Philadelphia 76ers do with Ben Simmons? That's the cue of the day. You can get that and all the sports news you need in less time on the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast guys i appreciate it more tennessee baseball conversation on friday a whole lot more until then enjoy the rest of your wednesday everybody